0: Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come check us out. Come hang out with us. Sunday morning, 1030 is our service. You can learn more about the church by visiting our website, which is calvary316.com. Regardless of where you're listening, I do hope you stay with me over the next hour as we seek to deconstruct the negative perception that the world has of Christians by boldly and brashly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. If you're not able to stay with me through the entirety of the episode, don't worry. Every episode of the Outlaw Radio Show is podcasted. The easiest way to get to our podcast is to go to outlawradio.org. Again, outlawradio.org. You'll see up at the top a a podcasting button. And uh, our podcast is available on iTunes and Google Play. And so from the website, it gives you kind of quick links Uh, where you can easily uh, connect, uh, whether it's iTunes or Google Play. If you're already a podcast uh, fanatic, uh, if you consume a lot of your media through podcasting as it is, uh, if you just are in iTunes, the podcasting app, uh, just search my name, Zach Adams. Uh, You'll actually see two podcasts. Two podcasts will come up. Uh, One, the Outlaw Radio Show, and then also uh, Calvary 316, every sermon, all of our sermon media. Uh, is also podcasted. So you'll see two. but click the one that you want, subscribe to it. And, and if you don't know anything about podcasting, um, you're listening on the radio and you're like, what's this podcasting thing? Um, it's really pretty cool technology. So and instead of um, going to a website uh, periodically looking for new content, new material, uh, you know, waiting for us to post something, um, what happens is when we post it, if you are subscribed to the podcast, you'll automatically on your phone or your tablet uh, get a notification that says, hey, uh, there's an, another episode of the Outlaw Radio Show uh, you can listen to, and so you don't have to go look for it. It comes to you, uh, which is very, very, very cool. Today I want to talk about um, a trend, um, a trend that's been happening really I would say over the last 25 Maybe thirty years. Um, it's something that um, I've seen personally get worse and worse and worse. So, a little recap of my life: um, I went to Bible college, graduated in two thousand and three. A door opened for me to serve as the youth pastor at my father's church, Calvary Chapel, Stone Mountain. Was there for ten years before I, I went to Calvary three hundred and sixteen and became the senior pastor. I spent ten years as a youth pastor. Uh, Dealing specifically with millennials, Um, I have this unique, just my age, I'm in a unique category. So um, they they say that it's 1980s, the cutoff between Gen X and the millennial generation. I was born in 83. So I'm right kind of at that transitional period. So I really understand Generation X, Nirvana, smells like teen spirit. But at the same time, I also relate to millennials. I understand millennials. Um, And then also, just spending so much time with them 10 years as a youth pastor ministering to this particular age group um, gives you a really good uh, vantage point into uh, society, what's going on. Um, Being a pastor, um, it's actually been an interesting phenomenon because a lot of the things, a lot of the trends that I saw in millennials. Um, over the last few years of pastoring adults, I see that it's really not limited to just kids, uh, that there's something happening systemically within our society um, that is, well, dangerous. Dangerous. I ran across a- an article a couple weeks ago. Um, it was written, uh, the article was written August 12th, uh, was posted on the NationalPost.com. Here's the title. The title of the article is, Researchers Are Working on a Pill for Loneliness. As studies suggest, the condition is worse, check this out, than obesity. Let me just read you a little bit of the article. Uh, The volunteers at the University of Chicago's Brain Dynamics Laboratory, all otherwise young and healthy, were tied together by really one thing, nearly off-the-chart scores on the most widely used scale measuring loneliness. Asked how often they felt they had no one they could turn to, how often they felt their relationships seemed superficial and forced, how often they felt alone, left out, isolated, no longer close to anyone. The answer almost always was always. It's not good. Article continues. The volunteers agreed to be randomly dosed over eight weeks with either, and I'm not going to Butcher the name of this particular hormone, but it's a hormone that naturally produced by the blood's arterial gland, a placebo, uh, two hours, blah, 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 blah. Basically, um, they were trying to, to normalize or deal with these feelings of, of, of loneliness, this everyday uh, human concept, um, to the point that the whole point of the article is that researchers, quote, have every hope this drug they're working on. Will work in lonely human brains. Although they insist the goal is not an attempt to cure loneliness with a pill, but that's what they're trying to do. Being lonely is not healthy. Uh, to the point that it's worse than being obese. Being alone, not having human relationships, not having human connections, not having human interactions, um, is not is not good. Physiologically, biologically, emotionally, even spiritually. Um, One of the more iconic passages of Scripture um, that you find in the book of Ecclesiastes, if you know nothing about the book of Ecclesiastes, it was uh, this sermon that King Solomon gives, um, kind of towards the end of his life. He started strong um, and then had, had really kind of personally descended into chaos uh, a quest for meaning and purpose and life apart from god and then at the end of his life after he's gone through all of these varying pursuits under the sun to find purpose meaning uh, his grand conclusion at the end of the book is that there, that there is no meaning and purpose apart from god under the sun and that the whole point of man is to fear god and obey his commandments Life, meaning, purpose, not under the sun, but beyond the sun, in the Sun being Jesus. But one of the most iconic passages is is this section where he talks about um, two-fold cord and a threefold cord. and, and the, the gist of what he's discussing is that a two-fold cord is easily broken. Uh, if you take two cords of something, two cords of leather, and you weave them together. Uh, yeah, they're strong, they're elastic, but th- but they they'll break. And yet, there's greater strength in three chords. There's uh, more tenacity um, when you take three chords and weave them together. And 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 where you s- hear this passage referred to most, and I'm guilty of it, um, is in weddings. <laughs> um, over and over and over again, uh, it's part of my wedding material uh, to talk to the man and the woman about you know. They each have a cord, and if uh, it's just them, uh, this union is just the man and the woman, uh, yeah, they, there's some strength there, that's good, but, um, but that there's greater strength in a third cord, uh, that being Jesus, and that if you can weave Jesus into uh, your life, uh, you'll have the strength and the tauntness uh, to endure the, 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 the trials that are inevitable, that will inevitably be coming. We all understand that the irony of the passage, though, uh, is that Solomon is not talking about marriage in Ecclesiastes when he talks about this the threefold cord is not easily broken. Instead, what is in the context and the overarching flow of Ecclesiastes, this great sermon he gives at the end of his life, his swan song, so to speak, is that uh, he's talking about friendship, the, the the need for friends. Again, I talk about just witnessing societal trends, loneliness developing, um, it's just a truth that more and more and more people um, are isolated. Um, social trends over the last few years, let me just share with you just a few statistics to kind of uh, validate this point that I'm not just speaking of my own observation of society, but that there's quite a bit of evidence towards this. Again, you're not, you're not working on developing a pill for loneliness if loneliness is not a problem. Like pharmaceuticals don't, pharmaceutical companies don't invest money, time, energy, resources into the development of medication if there's not a need to meet the net of medication uh, supply and demand. So loneliness exists. But do you know, just a few fun things here. Card playing Uh, with friends um, is down over the last 25 years 25 percent card playing um i remember as a kid my parents all the time uh, would have friends over and they would play cards after dinner after they put the kids down or if the kids were playing they would break out a deck of cards and they'd play spades or hearts Um, i remember going as a child uh, one of my favorite vacations that we ever took was there was this facility up in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, uh, near a place called Headwaters Lodge, and it was this cabin in the middle of the woods. You had no cell, uh, no internet, uh, no TV. It was a beautiful cabin. The whole purpose of it is that they they gave it to pastors and their families for free for vacations. Uh, There was on the property a, a creek, plenty of hiking. You just kind of detached and as a family, went into the woods. Uh, it was cool. We we had a lot of fun. Brought our dog with us. It was, it was a lot of a, a great time. But in the evening, <laughs> what did we do? <laughs> we would eat dinner and then kind of look at each other. Uh, me and my siblings, my mom and dad. And it's like, okay, uh, there's no TV. Um, which not that we were like TV holics, because we spent a lot of times outside playing uh, as kids. But on vacation, um, every time we went on vacation, our nightly routine. Um, And this will reveal a lot about my family. We would watch Ken Burns' documentary on the history of baseball. (laughs) Every summer we would go to the beach, eat dinner, come back to the condo, and watch Ken Burns' documentary on baseball. But here we are in the middle of the woods, and there's no TV. There's no way to do that. And so what what did we do? We played cards. Uh, My wife loves playing cards. She hates playing spades with me because I'm a spade shark And truth be told, I'm pretty good at it. Pretty good at spades. Don't want to toot my own horn. At the same time, uh, my wife prefers Skippo. She cheats. She totally cheats. She wins every time. I can never beat her. Uh, But card playing, uh, we don't do that a lot anymore. Um, Down 25%. Um, Clubs, like the Lions Club, uh, the Moose Lodge, attending some type of club meeting, It's down 58%. Do you know, this is kind of a a mind-boggling statistic because, again, this doesn't really connect to me, uh, but having friends over for dinner, which is something we do weekly, um, it's a very healthy part of our life and our ministry. Uh, Nothing like having people over and breaking bread, eating, fellowshipping, getting to know, good drink, good food. Good conversation, talking about the Lord. But having friends over for dinner, uh, culturally speaking, is down 35% over the last 25 years. Uh, the number of, of r- like restaurants and bars, down 40%. Uh, fast food chains, by the way, doubled. So we see this shift. Fast food and not sitting down, engaging in conversation. All this contributing to loneliness. Um, home designs have shifted to reflect the social dynamic. Uh, discussion confidence. Uh, what, what that means is the, the, the number of people you have in your life that if you need advice, uh, you would go to. Like real serious advice. In 1985, the average person had 2.94 discussion confidants. Almost three. Three people in your life you go to for no, no matter what. 2004? It was at 2.08, so down almost a whole person. 2008, last of these type of statistics, below two. Trend going the wrong direction. Uh, no doubt, the contributing factor is the breakdown of the family. Um, and yet, social trends, loneliness. I'm going to unpack this. I want to talk about this. I want to discuss the need for friends, the need to combat loneliness, to not be isolated to community. Don't go anywhere. We'll talk about this. Uh, hear more with the Outlaw Radio Show.
1: One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church— It is our desire to equip, inspire and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of Scripture, and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today.
0: Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I am talking about loneliness. As a youth pastor, as a minister, um, I've seen this just statistically. Like you just run, like people are lonely. I don't know if you get that. Maybe you're lonely. The number of friends that you have has dwindled. And when I say friends, I don't mean just like people in your life, but like genuine confidants, genuine friends. That that community is something that we long for. Um, An article that I found recently, um, Daily Mail. Uh, UK publication title of the article um, and again if, if you don't have a lot of interactions with millennials you might find this to be shocking I didn't as a youth pastor I saw this but the, uh, the headline is a quarter of millennials quarter say they have no friends no friends we're, we're not, I have one friend or a few friends no no friends that's uh, that's insane um, the article it opens: Millennials are the loneliest, loneliest generation in recent history, according to a new survey. Nearly one third of people between ages 22 and 37 say that they are always or often feeling lonely. Wow. Comparatively, 20 percent of Gen Xers, 15 percent of baby boomers said that they they feel similar isolation. Even more depressingly, another 20% of millennials say that they believe that they have no friends, an unprecedented sense of loneliness. Psychologists the world over have lamented that we are in the midst of a loneliness epidemic. They call it an epidemic. Underlying increasing reports of loneliness. uh, It's a vicious cycle, they write. Isolation takes a toll on mental health. It causes people to withdraw. In turn, makes them more isolated, depressed, and so on and so forth. Isolation is blamed in part for surging rates of death, uh, deaths of despair in the United States, including uh, fatal drinking, drug overdoses, and suicides. And we see that in our culture. Uh, uh, within young people, this explosion of mental health issues as well as suicide. It's not that the previous generation hasn't been isolated, this article uh, continues to say. In fact, arguably older people, many of whom grew up and into adulthood, Adulthood with fewer people and physical proximity had fewer technological ways to connect. Millennials spin ass adolescence, excuse me, and now young adulthood with the ability not only to call, but to text, email, snap, tweet, post, IM, and live stream one another from anywhere on the planet. Yet mem- members of Gen X and baby boomers, say they, have they have more friends uh, than millennials have. Uh, you know, one statistic uh, that really I think highlights um this plague uh, this pandemic uh, again uh, uh, loneliness being uh, worse for you than obesity just rack your brain on that being alone being isolated is worse for your health than chowing down twice a day on mickey d's um check this out the number of bowlers do you like to bowl um bowling alleys you you don't you don't find a lot of i love bowling um i don't do it a lot i used to bowl (laughs) i used to bowl a ton Uh, as a matter of fact when i was uh in college before i went to bible college um my favorite class was bowling i took yes I, i took you have to take a pe so i took a bowling class and so once a week we went to the bowling alley and bowled and i got pretty good it uh, got pretty good. My high score was uh, in the mid 200s, 300s, the perfect score. Uh, I love bowling. we take middle schoolers when I was a youth pastor, bowling. The number of bowlers in the last 25 years, check this out, has actually increased 10%. And that might surprise you because um, we don't talk a lot about bowling. <laughs> uh, but, but this is astounding to me. League bowling over 25 years is down 40%. So, so let, me, <laughs> let me reiterate that. The number of bowlers in 25 years is up 10%. Those bowling with other people in a league, down 40%. 40%. Loneliness. Again, I, I mentioned at the end of our, of our last block just that the family, breakdown of the family, no doubt contributes to Loneliness. I mean, half of the births to women under 30 years old occur outside of marriage. Women end up being isolated. They feel lonely. Um, Just because you have kids doesn't mean that you have human connection. <laughs> let, me, let me unpack that. There are times where... So I, I'm in a dynamic where I spend most of my day talking to people. Um, I hear people's problems. I help people through their problems. Uh, I listen. I talk. I counsel. I interact. I have, uh, from a week by week, day by day, uh, I have a lot of human interactions, adult interactions. the job of being a pastor. My wife, um, who, okay, all of last year was home with um, a four-year-old as well as an infant, Mabel and Theodore. I mean, yeah, there are people in the house, but it's Theodore and it's Mabel. Quincy's at school. Um, When Quincy gets home, still, my wife, her interactions all day tend to be children. Uh, An infant, toddler, elementary school kid, first grader, second grader. So I'll get home from work, and you know what I want to do? Uh, I I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm kind of burnt out on human interaction and human connection. Um, I don't want to talk. I've been doing that all day. I just want to chill. But what does my wife want to do more than anything in the world? Have an adult conversation. (laughs) And there are times where she's like, I have not talked to a a human being. a fully developed human being. um, in literally 13 hours, I need to talk to you. You need to listen. We're going to sit here just get over yourself, and, and she has a point. But women under 30, half, it's outside of marriage. They don't have that dynamic. It fosters loneliness. You know, 28% of households nationwide consist of, of only one person. In, in my town of Atlanta, that number's actually 40%. Think about that. 40% of households in Atlanta only have one person. In fact, there are more single-person households in America, then there are married-with-children households. Again, any surprise that we're, we're growing more and more isolated and lonely. You know, we're surrounded by lots of people, but that doesn't mean we have genuine connections. And, and this whole thing of loneliness, and it, it, it factors, it, it seeps into the church, doesn't it? You know, Today, nearly 50% of Americans claim that they have no church home, no church community. 50%. And the fastest-growing denominational category within Christianity, it's, it's unaffiliated. Church membership has plummeted. We could do a whole episode on that. Way more than 25% since 1980. People, people don't sense a need to, to be a member of a church. Every year, they estimate. It's hard to nail these uh, statistics down, but the, the estimation is 2.7 million church members fall into inactivity. Every year, half of all churches in the United States did not add any members in the last two years. I mean, on and on and on. In 1992, 22 percent of Americans said that they quote frequently attended church. 2002, 18 percent of Americans quote frequently attended church. They estimate by 2025, if this trends continue. 12% of Americans will, quote, frequently attend church. By 2050, they speculate the number could drop to 3%. You know, there are sociological causes to explain our social dysfunction, like why uh, this is happening. Um, And and let me give uh, you—we'll start with this, we'll carry this over uh, into the second half of the show— but let me give you just like four simple sociological causes that is contributing to loneliness. This epidemic, pandemic, the dysfunction, culturally speaking. One, I think it's it's entertainment. It's entertainment. Like, Like we're no longer a culture of participants. We're a culture of observers. Like more people uh, watch sports, then they participate in sports. We watch things. We don't participate in things. We observe. We don't participate. According to Nelson, Americans are watching more video online, on their cell phones, on TV. The average viewer, uh, watches more than 151 hours of television in a month, five hours a day. The average household has more televisions than it has people. If you factor in your tablets, your smartphones, that number incredibly balloons. Um, and again, part of it's just the technological advance. Um, I would uh, much rather, so we're, in, like, we're getting into football season. I'm a diehard Georgia football fan. Go dog, sick them, right? Not dog D-O-G. It's D-A-W-G. That's how we do it here. Just outside of Athens, Georgia. Come on. I'm a Georgia football fan. Diehard dog fan. I will watch every game that Georgia plays. I don't care if they're playing um, a terrible team where we're going to blow them out. Every down, every snap, I am obsessed. You know what I won't do? I won't go to a game. I hate it. Going to Sanford Stadium, it's a disaster. The parking's terrible. The seats are uncomfortable. uh, You can't see what you're trying to watch. You've got college kids hammered out of their mind that are obnoxious. Just the entire viewing experience, yeah, you're rubbing shoulders with people that you don't want to rub shoulders with. I I can't stand... My viewing experience of the sport is much better at home than it is in person. It's one of the problems that the NFL has um, with uh, people's ability to watch on TV... High definition, it's much better than going. We are a culture of observers and not participants. When was the last concert you went to? Man, you can watch incredible concerts on YouTube for free, and you don't have to get up and go anywhere. Now, we're running against a hard break. We're going to continue. One of the first sociological causes is entertainment. We're going to build on all this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Outlaw Radio Show.
2: You're listening to The Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Today, Pastor Zach is talking about something really interesting. Loneliness. It's something that each of us have experienced at least at some point in our lives. In the first half of the show, he identified entertainment as a possible cause to loneliness. Don't go anywhere. In part two, Zach's going to unpack this a bit more, considering more causes to this epidemic of loneliness. Right here on The Outlaw Radio Show. More people are struggling with loneliness in our culture today. Maybe that's you listening right now. Here's Zach with more about this epidemic in
0: our culture. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. It really is a bummer that people don't bowl in a league anymore. That more people prefer to bowl alone. Uh, That's bad. (laughs) I mean, that's bad. I I don't think there have been seasons of my life that I have dealt with severe loneliness there were reasons for it my time in bible college devastating loneliness debilitating loneliness like miserable depressing loneliness a lot of it my fault that's a story for another day just dealing with loneliness but i can't say that things ever got so bad that i went and bowled by myself (laughs) that i went to the bowling alley by myself and yet people do um if you if you're if you're on your way right now in the car to go bowl by yourself you just you you need to call someone if you're like I don't have anyone to call you just read the statistics uh, you need to find a church and we'll talk about that There are a lot of causes for this societal dysfunction this epidemic of loneliness Again we need friends you need friends you need Christian friends Again mentioned almost exclusively about marriage, but the concept of uh, a threefold cord, as Solomon talks about in Ecclesiastes, not being broken, um, has a direct relation to friendship. That's what he's talking about. Like, you need friends. One of the causes of the social dysfunction is just entertainment. Like, we're, as I mentioned, a culture of participants, not observers. We watch sports more than we participate in sports. Concerts, movies. Good grief, we don't even go to the movie theater anymore. Um, Why do I want to go to a movie theater where um, inevitably I have to get up and use the restroom halfway through the movie when I would much rather just wait till it comes out? I'll put it on my high-definition television with my surround sound where I can pause it and go get a snack or go use the restroom at any point I want to. You know, uh, movie theaters are trying to address that. (laughs) Um by like, we're going to make the chairs more comfortable. I don't need my chair more comfortable. We're Kleiners. Who cares? Deal with my problem of needing to use the restroom but not losing the spot in the movie. Like What they should do is they should have bathrooms connected to every single theater where in the bathroom are screens playing the movie (laughs) so you don't have to miss anything to go use the restroom. Anyway, I bloviate. I digress. Number two, aside from like entertainment, a globalism. Um, I think is is a big contributor to this. Um, People are constantly on the move. People rarely root down. Um, I found that people don't really end up with a a, a particular affinity for a particular community or place. Like, why meet people in my community? Why really uh, make friends when I'm going to move and leave them? Or they're going to move and leave me. Uh, I have people, um, that will listen to the outlaw radio show and they'll hear I'm from Georgia. And one of the, one of the, the most frequently asked questions, why don't you sound all Southern? Um, well, the reason that I don't, I don't have like that stereotypical Southern twang that drawl, um, is that I grew up in Atlanta and Atlanta is incredibly transient um Coca-Cola, Delta, major international corporations are based in Atlanta and as a result, uh people move in, people move out. Uh most if not all of my friends growing up were not locals. Uh they were not it's hard to find a born and bred Southerner. Um like right now, I, I, I have one friend um that I that I can say was born and raised in Georgia. Um just one. Um, Of my group of elders, Um, Larry, uh, born in Minnesota, grew up up north. Um, Joe uh, was born, grew up up north. Tennessee, that's north to us. (laughs) But not not from Georgia. Andy, um, Ohio, moved around a ton, but not southerner. Um, Okay, Kyle, born and bred here. Chad, born and bred here, but but of the five, I mean that's that's three, not two. My point um, is, I didn't grow up with people that were Southern, so the culture that 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 I had in Atlanta didn't have the twang. I mean, people didn't ha- have that redneck Southern um, way of speaking. Now, you get outside of Atlanta, uh, you get more towards Macon, Georgia, you'll find that because it's not as transient. But people move in all, all the time. People move. People go to college, never come back. People don't have an affinity. Um, I, again, I don't, I don't want to descend into something else, but like, you'll see this um, by going to a baseball game. Now, of all the sports that I do like to go and see in person, I love going to the ball game. Uh, I love baseball. Uh, going, sitting there, um, get me a hot dog, ice cold Coca Cola, a uh, pack of peanuts, um, and and watch a pitching duel where it scores one. I I soak that up. I uh, would love to go with friends. If I'm not with friends, man, I'd go to the ball game by myself and be friends with the person sitting next to me. By the end of the game, that's just uh, the way that I am. And yet, you'll go to the ball game and you'll see, uh, at least in Atlanta. This is one of the grand criticisms. Uh, like when the Dodgers come to town, you'll see a ton of Dodger fans. Dodger blue. It's the ugliest blue, by the way, um, of, of the blues. Dodger blue its terrible. But you'll see like Los Angeles Dodger fans everywhere, the most obnoxious people on the planet. Um, but there are a lot of Dodger fans, which irritates me because you root, root, root for the home team. And yet people bring their loyalties from where they were born to now where they live. Um, and that's like the Cubs come to town. You have Cub fans everywhere. Um, globalism has, has contributed to loneliness. I will also say this and I, and, and, and I'm a, probably will get some kickback for, from it, but working mothers, you know, mom is, is in a lot of sense, at least in my family, kind of the social networking glue of the family. But Working moms in the United States account for 61%. Like, like we have lost that, the social glue, the networking glue, the person that um, is, is fostering playdates, inviting people over. We, we've lost that. So it's a contributing factor. Number four is social media. Now, on the surface, social media might appear at first to foster community. I think it's, it's part of the problem. Like, think of who you're actually connecting with when you use, okay, for example, Facebook. Like, I have thousands of, quote, friends on Facebook. But you know the greatest thing Facebook added to their platform? They added the ability to remain friends with someone but not see anything that's happening in that person's life. (laughs) Like, you can, like... And I'm just going to be, I'm going to be real. Um, 99.9% of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook, I don't see anything of what's going on in your life. Um, I will, I will unfollow you is what they call it. So that your posts or what you're eating for dinner or what little Johnny did, um, or what you're wearing tonight. Um, that, that doesn't pop into my wall at all. Um, I have no idea what's happening in your life. Um, I purge my wall and keep it very much uh, connected to like my really close, 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 close friends or purely family. It's, it's the way that I handle it. But you know the average Facebook user, quote, has 230 friends. And yet, when uh, Pew Research Center broke down th- those stats, those friends, he, th- this was in the categories, 22% of those 230 were high school friends. Doesn't matter how old you were, high school friends, twelve percent extended family, ten percent coworkers, nine percent college friends, eight percent immediate family, seven percent from volun, uh, voluntary groups, groups like you're volunteering to, seven percent people you've met once, three percent people you've never met, two percent your daggum neighbors, who are supposed to become your friends, like, like what I think is the problem with social media why I think it's a contributing factor to loneliness is that it's not building community. It's just fostering a sense that you have community, which are two different things, a sense that I have connection is much different than having connection. There's again, Pew research has done some interesting studies on this. 40% of Facebook users make a friend request. Uh, In a one month period, 63% receive a friend request. Uh, Users press the like button next to friends content on an average of 14 times a month, but only, but had their content liked on average 20 times. Users would send nine personal messages, but receive 12, 12% of users tagged a friend in a photo, but 35% were tagged in a photo. The conclusion here, you know, we say it's better to give than to receive, but on Facebook, that's not the case. On social media, we're there to get more than to give. It's not about really being friends. Like, we've entered into a false reality that having a quantity of friends means something. It doesn't. Like, the number of relationships don't mean anything in context to the quality of relationships. Loneliness, it's not about quantity but loneliness is about the quality of friendships and that's that's the problem here now again we're quickly running out of time don't go anywhere we'll come back i'm gonna tie all of these uh, these thoughts together in our final block
3: did you know beyond the unique content of the outlaw radio show pastor zach adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out c316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but c316.tv also has video, audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the Book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. With over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts,
0: c316.tv is a must-visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. We're talking about loneliness. And loneliness is a problem in our society. All of the data, all the stats, all the statistics, you know, shelve that. You're listening to me and you understand it. You know it. Like, it's a rarity in this life to have genuine human connections. Not a a quantity of them, but quality friends discussion confidants people that you would go to in the middle of the night if you had a pressing issue that you that you needed advice that you would drop your kids off to like people don't have a lot of that we move around too much we don't place as big of a need on it we don't and aren't willing to put the work in Uh, there are a lot of reasons for this but we need community you need community as a matter of fact i i like one of the reasons that it would be very hard f- for me to ever leave Calvary three sixteen is that I have I have friendships that are irreplaceable, like that that I can't replace. Um, no matter where I go, I can't replace the longevity, the understanding. Uh, we've we've been in wars and battles together. Um, like I have and have been blessed with not just a, a community of friends, but family. Calvary 316 this is a unique place. I'm telling you. And when I hear someone, they, they make the decision to move, you're, you're making the decision to leave something that is going to be very difficult for you to replace where you're going with a lot of hard work. Like we need community. Let me give you, in kind of wrapping things up like five reasons why you need community. One Well, we've mentioned it before. Two are better than one. Three are better than two. In Ecclesiastes 4, you have been hardwired for community. The Christian experience is not a go it alone. The very beginning, creation, all was good but one thing. Man shouldn't be alone. God's a relational being. God exists in community. We've been created in his image, his likeness. Therefore, we long and need community, connection. Like, humanity was built to need friends. Like, you need friends. Like, (laughs) I don't know if you know this. Man, I know this in the worst way. But you're not good on your own. You know, in, in 2006, a report was published by the University of Chicago that linked depression and loneliness. If you're dealing with depression, (laughs) my guess is that you're alone, that you're lonely. Now, I'm not saying that that's the only factor, but it's a contributing one. Uh, This study that the University of Chicago did concluded, like they initially concluded, that if you're depressed, you get lonely, like that depression fosters loneliness. But the more that they looked at the raw data... It was the opposite: Loneliness leads to depression, not vice versa. So first, like you need community, you need genuine friends. you don't need a bowl alone because you're not good on your own. It's not good for man to be alone. You're wired for community. Number two, synergy. what's synergy? Synergy' is this weird um, phenomenon that occurs within science, where you know you can take. You know, if if I took something with 100% power uh, and added to it 100% power, you would think, well, now there's 200%. And yet something uh, in certain instances happens where it's not 200%, but it's like 230%. Like, people tend to be more effective and efficient when they work together. Like, the Bible describes the church as... A community. My skills help you. Your skills help me. I rub off on you. You rub off on me. We're in it together. We can do it better together, connected. Like community. Not only is it not good for us to be alone, like you're not good on your own, you're better with others. We're better with others. And thus we should help each other. Synergy. You know, the other reason, number three, that you need friends. Is that tragedies happen? Like there comes a time in everyone's life where they need real friends and not business partners. Like they they need real friendships and not acquaintances. Whether it's an illness, like that you need people to help you practically, or just trials or catastrophe. We had a, 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 an older lady in our church, Miss Pat, one of our seasoned citizens, um, struggling with where she was living, struggling with loneliness. She wanted to move into a facility where there were others her age that she could connect with. But her problem was that she had a house, and the house had been neglected for years, and it needed work. In order for it to be sold, it needed to be spruced up. But because Pat is an integral part of our church family at Calvary 316. Our matriarch. Man, we had like 30 guys go over to her house and clean it all up and paint, and trim the bushes and got that house sold. I had another, another dear gentleman in the church recently had surgery. And he was off his feet for a month and another brother just out of love went over and took care of the guy's yard. Like, that's community. That's connection. That's do you have that? Like w- like who would be there in your life when things turn bad? You need friends. Number 4, <laughs> emotional well-being, man. Like we all have emotional needs that need to be satisfied in a healthy way. And thus we need connection. We need human contact. We need human touch. <laughs> You know, there's power in human touch, like that that, that literally a high five, a warm handshake, a hug communicates a wider range of emotion than just gestures of of expression. Like University of, of California, Berkeley ran a test. Students who received a supportive touch on the back or the arm from a teacher were nearly twice as likely to then volunteer in class as those who didn't. A sympathetic touch up from a doctor leaves people with the impression that that visit lasted twice as long compared with estimates from people who were untouched, who thought that they weren't cared for. A massage from a loved one not just eases pain, soothes depression, strengthens relationships. Human touch, in fact, ends up being related to performance. Berkeley scientists discovered that with few exception, good teams and in, in professional basketball are touchier than bad teams. It's it's fascinating. You know, a chemical reaction literally happens in the prefrontal region of your your brain when someone gives you a hug. Like that it literally releases oxytocin, a hormone, it creates this sense of trust. You're, You're not alone. In effect, the body interprets a hug as man, I'll share the load with you. I'll share the load finally, community if man, just plain old safety, like friends create insulation from abuse or being taken advantage of, that there's safety in numbers, again, a threefold chord. You know it's better to to enter a fight when you know someone's got your back, right? And there are some fights in life we can't avoid, and it's always nice to know that you're not alone, and within that community, like i've got I' got sisters. That I protect like their sisters within our church, single ladies, widows. Again, this important dynamic of having community. And so I just tell you if you don't have friends, you know a great way to find them? Go to a church, find a group you can connect with, and then make the effort. You are not good on your own, my friend. So don't be we well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to contact your local Christian radio station and thank them that they're carrying Outlaw Radio in your area. Visit our website, outlawradio.org, our podcast, iTunes, Google Play. Connect with us. Our email is info at outlawradio.org, Twitter at radio underscore outlaw, or Facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. Again, my name is Zach Adams. I hope you join me again this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show.
2: You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio Podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with His Productions.